0: We talk about China on this show a lot and the fact that China is uh, up to all kinds of shenanigans, uh, seemingly in defiance of all international rules and laws, and they don't seem to care and we seem helpless to stop them. Uh, Jeff Semple is a senior national correspondent for Global News, and he's working on a podcast, a 10-episode podcast series, uh, taking a look at China and what's going on there. It's called China Rising. Jeff joins us now to talk a bit about this work. Uh, Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Matthew Baccia, great to be with you. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Episode two coming out right now, but um, let's just go back to episode one, first of all, because it sort of plays into episode two. We're talking about hostage diplomacy, right? Basically, we're talking about how the Chinese government, and we're familiar with the two Michaels here, of course, um, basically is holding Canadians as prisoners, you know, as political levers, Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, you're right. The first two episodes, China Rising um, out now, and both of them do uh, focus largely on on this issue of so-called hostage diplomacy. The idea, the accusations that Beijing has been effectively, you know, taking foreigners hostages and they become bargaining chips, basically pawns in a geopolitical chess match. As you say, we saw it with the two Michaels, uh, Kovrig and Spavor, who were detained in 2018, their arrests widely seen, of course, as retaliation for the U.S. the arrest of uh, Meng Wanzhou yep. in B.C., uh, but they're not the only ones, Shay. And as we discovered, uh, you know, there have been a lot of Canadians who've become caught in this sort of c- political crossfire. There were Kevin and Julia Garrett, uh, who were arrested Canadians. They spent 30 years living in China before their, their arrest in 2014. Under very similar circumstances to the Garretts, uh, their arrest followed the arrest of a Chinese national in Canada at the request of the United States. So uh, Kevin Garrett, Julia spent about seven months uh, in prison. Kevin, two years in prison, was eventually convicted of spying. Uh, but then he was released uh, in the fall of 2016 at a time when relations with China and Canada were suddenly looking up um there was you know justin trudeau had, had just visited china there was talk of you know, possible free trade deals so kevin was released as it basically as a goodwill gesture at that time but as we know relations have soured significantly mm-hmm. since then not boding well for uh the two michaels um but you know not not a lot of canadians know this shape but i think you know according to numbers that we received from uh, global affairs canada more than 100 canadians are currently detained right now in China. Many of them are Chinese Canadians, uh, and they don't receive uh, nearly the same attention as the two Michaels have, have received, of course. And we'll also, so we'll bring you the story of, of one of those as well, a Uyghur Canadian, Hussein Chalil, uh, who was arrested back in 2006. His wife and uh, four boys live in Burlington, Ontario, just west of Toronto. They haven't had any contact with him in 15 years. And his crime, according to his lawyer, was simply that he was a Uyghur rights advocate. Right, um, and had been had been fighting for Uyghur rights for a long time, and they picked him up while he was on vacation in Uzbekistan. So the uh, you know the practice of taking people hostage, whether they're Canadians or or Chinese or Chinese Canadians, is a common one among uh, the government in Beijing, and um, and it's you know a tough one for for governments in Ottawa and Washington to to have to deal with.
0: Yeah, that's the other side of the discussion, right, Jeff? In terms of this continues to happen, and uh, our government seems totally ineffective in dealing with it. Um, any way out there I mean you talk about the Olympics possibly being a way to push back at least publicly
1: yeah I, it's funny because the Beijing Olympics uh, which are you know the Winter Olympics are supposed to happen in, in 2022 so they're just around the corner and a lot of people have, have pointed to that in our interviews for these stories as a, as a potential opportunity uh, particularly in a case like Hussein Chalil. Um, and that is because you know there are growing calls for a boycott of those Olympics, yeah. of those Olympics in Beijing, from the Federal Conservative Party, among others, uh, over concerns about the alleged genocide by the government in China of the Uyghur of its Uyghur Muslim minority. Um, so, you know, is there an opportunity potentially for Beijing in a goodwill gesture to release someone like Hussein Chalil? Um, you know, perhaps that might be an opportunity, but it's interesting, you know, one of the interviews we did was this, um, colorful character named John Cam, he's an American and he is sort of the go-to guy when it comes to, you know, negotiating the release of political prisoners in China. He's, he used to be an American chemical salesman. Uh, it's a lot, sort of a long story, but 30 years ago, he was based in Hong Kong, and and you know ended up advocating for the release of the student who'd been arrested at Tiananmen Square. He was successful because of his business connections, and he never looked back. He now manages the world's largest database, 45,000 names of political prisoners in China right now. <laughs> Stephen Harper actually gave him a call, and he brought him up to Ottawa back in 2009 to help with Hussein Chalil's case. Um, and he says that in 30 years of, of doing that network and he has managed to secure clemency for hundreds of prisoners over those years but in 30 years he's he's never seen a situation this difficult he's never seen you know chinese judicial officials and the government in beijing seeming so indifferent now that they just don't seem to care nearly as much about their image abroad and and that image is is a pretty poor one
0: it's only a kick (laughs) a jump (laughs) a block it's only a serve (laughs) It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you say, that's the most uh, amazing thing to me is they just really don't seem to care. They just continue to do whatever they're going to do. And uh, there's very little pushback. Um, those are the first two episodes of this podcast. What else can we expect to hear in the other ones?
1: Yeah, so as you noted, we're aiming for about 10 episodes on this and are still piecing together as we go along. So if anyone has any suggestions or other stories, by all means, please get it tough and shut, Jeff dot at global news.ca. uh the next one we're looking at is to your question though shay uh, earlier is uh, episode three on wolf warrior diplomacy as it's become known wolf warrior is actually a, a term borrowed from a the highest grossing chinese movie in 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 history uh which was released in 2017 called wolf warrior 2 and it's basically a rambo style chinese action movie just dripping with propaganda and patriotism and has actually inspired the term wolf warrior diplomacy which has been used to describe this much more aggressive diplomacy from beijing and diplomats from china the question of how should western governments respond to that i mean if you want it whether it's you know trade sanctions that are hitting australia very hard or the two michaels detained from mm-hmm. canada how should Western governments respond? Can they go it alone? Is there an opportunity for a united front? Uh, we'll also be looking at episode four. We'll look at Wuhan and these questions now, which are getting, you know receiving extra fuel in the past few days about where did how did, where did the pandemic start? Um, what has the legacy of the pandemic been in China? I mean, in, in the Chinese government has has emerged from the pandemic. Well, we're, we're dealing with second and third waves. I mean, there haven't been cases in, in Wuhan in a long time, confirmed cases. So we will we will look at that. We'll look at a uh, whole range of issues. Shea. It's uh, it's great to have ten episodes on a podcast as a platform to really sink our teeth into some of these really in depth issues and and hopefully initiate some discussion among Canadians about this increasingly bold and brazen Beijing and and how the government in Ottawa should be responding.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully there's some sort of a response. That that that's a, it's a fascinating topic. And, and like you say, there's so many different things going on in so many different avenues. Uh, thanks for coming and chatting with us this morning, Jeff. I
1: appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to come back anytime. Uh, as you say, this will be running through the summer. So thanks for the interest. And anyone can subscribe and download China Rising right now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We will do an update down the road. Thanks very much, Jeff. Thanks again. That is Jeff Semple. Uh, he is a senior correspondent with Global National. Um, and as he said, you can get that podcast uh, anywhere that you find podcasts. It's called China Rising. The first two episodes are up dealing with this hostage diplomacy situation.